1: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Learn the music that matters to you with the Yousician app. This app is amazing. If you want to learn how to play guitar, piano, ukulele, or bass, it's easier than ever to learn your favorite tunes. I've tried this out. This is such a cool thing. Become the musician you want to be. Visit com slash words to try Yousician with a 20% discount using the code WORDS. I can't recommend this app enough. Dive in and have fun. 20% discount using the code WORDS. All right, now here's the show. Merchtable was founded by artists just like you. We've slept on floors, played for everyone and no one, broken up, gotten back together, and taken everything we learned along the way to build a group of people who put creativity first so you can play while we work. Visit MerchTable.com to learn more about our merchandising and online store solutions. Hello, everybody. How are you this fine afternoon, or evening, or morning, or whatever it is you're listening to this? I'm Ray Harkins. Thanks for hanging out with this very podcast called "A Hundred Words or Less." I realize every time I say the name of the podcast, I just it's so disconnected from um, my original joke. <laughs> of, of naming the show this because yeah, no one knows really why that it's named this, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. You can dive back in the archives and you can probably poke around and hear me talking about why I named the show this, but that's not why you're here. You're here because you want to listen to a insightful and engaging, hopefully funny in some capacity, maybe heartbreaking in some ways conversation with people who are creating independent culture, whether that's running record labels, whether that's playing bands, something in relation to independent music or tangentially related to independent music. But today we have, and this is a difficult name to say because there's a lot of S's and H's, but I'm going to try to do my best here. Trish Chisel from The End of the Ocean, which is an incredible, incredible post-rock band. Equal Vision has put out their uh, most recent LP and uh, it's it's really, really good if you are a fan of anything in relation to you know Mogwai, explosions in the sky, lowercase noises, all of that stuff, you will devour this and love it so Trish was kind enough to uh, come on the show because uh, I like the l p so much that I was like, I want to expose the listeners to this podcast, your band, and that's uh you know that's what I like to use this platform for occasionally like yes, it's really, really cool to have some you know like quote unquote, big name guest or whatever. And I get more downloads and whatever else that it's not as important to me as making sure that you, the listener are engaged with independent music of all shapes and sizes and most specifically sizes, because not every band is gigantic and massive and like touring and doing all that. It's like, you, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the ground level, you know? So Anyways, uh, I I have to tell you and I'm excited to tell you that Rockabilia is back, baby. They want to give you 10% off using the code PCJabberJaw. They are the place where you buy band merch that they have so much cool stuff. I was actually browsing their website last night because I was like, dude, I need a, I need a joy division shirt again. Cause like all, all mine are either just like super ratty and <laughs> completely washed out. Um, or they just don't fit me anymore. They're either like, Oh, why did I buy an extra large when I was clearly a medium? Anyways, Rockabilia is the place to go. It's all officially licensed. They had so many choices of joy division shirts that I was like, wow. Okay. I don't know which one I want now. But uh, they have half a million items, all officially licensed. We'll pay the bands. I just, I I can't say enough good things about their service. So if you haven't ordered from them, do it now. PC Jabberjaw for 10% off of your order, okay? I also have to tell you about Post Rock in general. So I don't know. I, I think most people that are engaged in independent music kind of go through these phases where they become obsessed with a certain style of music. And especially because the internet is at our fingertips, you can get, super into whatever specific genre if you're like you know what i'm really really into japanese D-beat hardcore boom done here's you know listen to bastard listen to forward listen to all this great stuff and i just remember i want to say it was probably early 2000s is when i really really started to dive head first into post rock just because you know gotten into Mogwai at that time, gotten into Explosions in the Sky, kind of the, you know, the bread and butter of this genre. And then I started digging deeper because then I was like, wow, there's bands that are of the DIY touring level that are doing this stuff. And I just remember all of these like blog spots that would give you, you know, like two or three songs from a particular band and tell you a little write-up on them. I just remember discovering so many cool things like, you know, this will destroy you. And if these trees could talk and like all these cool bands. And so I just remember when I first started to listen to the end of the ocean, uh, cause th- they've been around for a while. They put out a, a record, gosh, I don't know. It's like seven years or so ago, but, um, yeah, it-, it evoked that feeling of like, Oh man, I remember how much fun it is to get obsessed about a genre of music and you can't stuff enough bands and music in your head. <laughs> when you were obsessed with a thing uh like i said it can be something super specific or it can be just like i just want to listen to hardcore um but anyways yeah it's uh, it's really fun and i hope that you know what what music what genres did you take that super super nerdy deep dive into you can email me at 100 words podcast at gmail.com. Always love to have feedback. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fun to hear from you. So Trish came on. We talked about post-rock, obviously. We talked about playlisting because that's a huge thing. I had, to, I had to walk me through playlisting. And for those of you that don't know what playlisting is, it, you know Spotify, which is clearly a major player within the context of the music industry, they put random songs on playlists. And these playlists are followed by millions of people. And all of a sudden, when a band's song two songs three songs gets included on one of these playlists all of a sudden it starts to kick off thousands and thousands and thousands of plays and then in turn bands get royalties based off this fact and that's exactly what happened to the end of the ocean where it kind of saved the band because then all of a sudden they had you know some some revenue that they did not have previously that they could pour into recording and touring and all that stuff and it was super interesting so anyways that's what we got and uh, I will talk to you, of course, at the end of the episode to tell you who is on next week. Okay? Here we go. I mean, I, I personally, you know, I, I love, you know, post-rock basically most bands that kind of fall in that genre. I'm, I can always find value in, like, oh yeah, yeah, this is good. Like maybe this isn't the best, but this is good. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just remember myself, like once I started to kind of, you know, do a really, really deep dive, um, you know, to find, I mean, granted this was like early two thousands when I started, started getting obsessed with this style of music and just being like, Oh, wow. Like there's like 9 million bands that like no one has ever heard of, but Mm -hmm. like they have this like, you know, really rabid fan base and like, you know, 400 people like will, you know, consume every piece of music that they release. But like, you know, no one knows who, no one knows about them at large. And so it's like, it's, it's a really like insular scene, um, And, uh, you know, at at the same time, it's like, it's a, it's a a very rabid fan base. Like I'm sure you've kind of noticed all of these things as you exist at the center of it with the band and stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like diehard fans.
1: (laughs) And what, and I mean, do you, can you attribute it to anything that you have like noticed or the sort of feedback that you get from people? Is it uh yeah. Is it people just like passionately identify with the music and that's kind of, you know, where it ends or what what have you noticed? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I would say that. Um, it's like hit or miss. I mean, like the people that know post-rock, they love it. But like if they don't understand it, they're like, where's the vocals or like whatever. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of that. Right. So we obviously what are you gonna know say? they're not like post-rock. Yeah. <laughs> like this would be way better with lyrics or whatever. It's like, oh God. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, you're, you're like, that's not the point of what we're doing.
2: Right. They don't understand, but...
1: Yeah. I mean, because yeah. the, the reason I bring that up is not just because, you know, that, whatever, that sounds like a basic question. But I just there are, there are like so many friends of mine where it's like, you know, uh, that dude, Ben Sharp, who does that project Cloud Kicker or mm-hmm. you know a friend of mine, Andy Offling, who does lowercase noises like all of these people exist like completely, you know off of any people's radars. But then once it kind of comes across a person's table, you become obsessed with it. And I don't, I, mm-hmm. I really haven't been able to like articulate why that is, especially with this style of music. Cause you, whatever you, you know, people like bands and whatever, punk, hardcore, indie rock and stuff like that. Yeah. But not in the same way as this.
2: No. And I feel like a lot of people don't know it exists too. Cause like, I think that's what helped us being on like equal. Like we've reached people that haven't even heard of this music before you know because it's not a big genre so i feel like a lot of people don't know it's there right and then they're like what is this like this is amazing or whatever you know
1: yeah and they're like yeah i can't i can't get enough of it i need to find other bands that are doing yeah yeah that's Mm -hmm. true i guess that is yeah, I mean, it's never going, I mean, the most mainstream that you can get with this sort of stuff is, you know, whatever, explosions in the sky you could argue.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: But it, it's not like people necessarily know that it's like, oh, yeah, they are, you know, they, they scored Friday Night Lights. And, like, people don't, mm-hmm. you know, take that deep a dive into it unless they, like, become obsessed with, you know, the genre, the band right. or whatever. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. And did you, was your relationship with this style of music kind of forged in a similar f- fashion, like the sort of obsessiveness, or did you just kind of, you know, back into it? Uh, you know, I mean, I know that you were involved in like punk and hardcore and stuff like that, but, um, I guess, how did you kind of get keyed into it in the first place?
2: Um, so I started playing music when I was really young and my friends wanted to start a band. Like we started playing like Asley D- Dying covers, Norma Jean, you know, like, we started that route. hmm. And then one of the guitar players was like, because I play bass mostly, like every band besides this band, I play guitar. But the guitar player was like, I really want to be in a post rock band because he knew like every band there is. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't want to play this. (laughs) You know, like I had an opposite reaction of just like, what? Like, this exists, you know? And I'm like, whatever. So I just play bass and I was like, all right. And I ended up being in the band for it's, um, I mean that was two thousand and seven so I would say at least like probably ten years of my life because we're still like kind of doing stuff. It's another band, not this band right. but um yeah, so I kind of got introduced it in that way of just like here, like play this music, and I was like, okay, and then I slowly like understood it. I'm like, okay this is what it means you know because like I went to shows like I saw Mono was my first post rock band I saw and I was like okay I get it you know like, like experiencing that live I was like okay this is cool like I'm into this you know yeah but, but I was also like 10. So like, I didn't, you know, like
1: that's a, that's at a, that age, yeah, I was like, what is this? Well, that's a pretty daunting thing. Cause I think that there, uh, this was a, a thread I was going to pull on a little bit later, but, um, something that I've noticed uh, not only with my own musical journey, but just, you know, friends and peers where it's like, it seems like you have to be kind of of a certain age in order to, you know, understand, you know, certain, styles of music whether it's like Mm -hmm. you know you can't be i mean you're you know clearly an exception where it's like you know i think 10 year old me listening to you know mogwai or mono or anything like that i've been like yeah this is terrible i don't even know what this is.
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but you you,
1: but i mean I, i presume that that i guess the the live sort of intensity is what kind of you know drew you in in the first place
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that helps, like, any ocean, like, a lot, too, because our live show is very energetic, and I think that draws a lot of people in. Right. And they're like, okay, like, what I felt, like, I get it, you know? Because I think it's different, like, listening to us, like, on record than live. Mm-hmm. You get a different experience. Well, with the new record, it's a little bit more soar live, like, energy, but like the old stuff, it's like, it didn't come across. So when people saw us live, they're like, wow, like what, <laughs> you know? But, right.
1: You're not just sitting on chairs and uh, right, conducting yeah. an orchestra or whatever.
2: Right. You're just like standing around, you know, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but, that, but that, is, that, that is interesting that you, um, I mean, like you said, you started playing music so young and did you, was it that you kind of had a really, wide open musical palette and taste that you could sort of, you know, appreciate what this was at that particular time. Cause I mean, whatever, when you're 10, you're supposed to be listening to, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just making gross generalizations, but like, you know, Britney Spears <laughs> or NSYNC or, you know, pop oh, yeah, music or I whatever. Definitely.
2: Well, it's funny. Cause I still listen to that kind of stuff. Like Good. I don't, I don't per se have the best musical taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I love pop music. Like, I just love it I don't know just like catchy songs I like just love it but and I've been listening honestly like the same bands since I was like 14 probably like like Thursday taking back Sunday like I still listen to that kind of stuff it's like I don't know it's like weird for me to get into like a new band
1: oh so like it's kind of
2: hard for me oh so so I'm like the opposite like I don't go looking for new bands like I just listen to like what I know
1: Right. You're like full clap, been- <laughs> full claps again. Sure. No problem.
2: Yeah. yep. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be better about it. Like looking up the new bands, you know, like I've heard of so many bands, I just don't like listen to them, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. That that's, that's funny because yeah, usually people, I think they're, they actually did a study, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago where I think uh, Spotify published this that they noticed. Uh, I mean, of course, this is like again a, a generalization, but they said that 32 years old is when people stop. I guess seeking out new music because you know, and granted, this is just your average music listener, so not people, right, who are, Yeah, you know, obsessed with you know independent music or whatever. Like,
2: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, people stop consuming new music then because they don't. They're like, we're f- I'm full. Like, I don't need. I'm full.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's funny that you. <laughs> you're totally yeah, I'm like, like yeah you're like I, i'm full i don't i don't need any more
2: <laughs> yeah i think like the last band i really got into was story so far
1: sure not and new that was anymore. probably like yeah, it's yeah, not, not, they're
2: not new anymore No. <laughs> so <laughs> got i few, gotta find that new one you know
1: <laughs> got, got a few full legs under their belt yeah they're right, definitely not yeah. on the uh i mean they're popular but they're not on the uh, up yeah. and up playing in front of 400 people
2: right right yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um We'll, we'll, we'll yeah.
2: you usually have to be like shown something to be like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to listen to it. Okay. Like I just don't go on my way to like find new bands, I guess. That's the sure. right way to say it. Sure.
1: No, that's, that's fair. <laughs> and, and and that's as long as you recognize that in yourself. Cause I think that, yeah. um, you know, people, uh, the, the, the feedback that I get on, you know, whatever this particular podcast or just kind of talking to people at large, where it's like they, uh, they get excited to have stuff kind of you know presented to them where it's like Mm -hmm. oh oh cool like i didn't know that this was a band or whatever and it makes me excited to still be involved in this you know weird subculture as opposed to like oh yeah i feel like i'm you know whatever i'm busy with kids family
2: right yeah yeah, yeah, you just
1: don't connect anymore (laughs) yep um what anyways looking at kind of you know focusing on on you as a person uh you were born and raised in detroit am i correct in that or no
2: yeah yeah i still live here
1: okay um detroit's a really weird city
2: yeah, I actually live like 20 minutes north, so I can't really like call myself a Detroiter. But yeah, I just say that I am because no one knows where I live.
1: <laughs> well, tr- tr- <laughs> I live in a tr- small town. So. Yeah, try 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 me. What's the uh, what's the name of the town? Uh, Clawson. Okay. Yeah, I've never been there, but uh, yeah, it's
2: like two miles big.
1: Okay. So. <laughs> and so, like, is it? I mean, you would probably like. Is that appropriately defined as a suburb of Detroit, or is it just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And was it, um, cause I mean, most people that look at Detroit now are, you know, I mean, it's clearly a, uh, you know, in, in socioeconomic decline, but at the same time, mm-hmm. there's also this, you know, really interesting rising, you know, arts community oh, yeah. cause people
2: mm-hmm.
1: can spend $4 on rent there and you know, <laughs> it's
2: right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Downtown is getting pretty nice now. They're like redoing everything, campus marshes and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah and so to uh,
2: kind of
1: <laughs> yeah left yeah. left to left to kind of rot in certain respects yeah. so mm-hmm. what 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 was your uh, i guess kind of uh, relationship and experience kind of you know seeing uh, how you know detroit and the suburbs have, have changed over the the time that you know you've been alive
2: um well growing up i didn't really spend that much time in detroit um like i would go and play shows there and stuff but more recently i start like going down there like going out to eat and stuff they have really good food down there like good like vegan and vegetarian spots like cool bars and stuff and like during the winter and like stuff they have like cool like ice skating and all that which i don't even they probably had that when i was a kid but i don't
1: yeah, you even know but
2: yeah but like i love going down there now and like i feel safe and like you know it's a really good like community down there
1: mm-hmm. for sure yeah, I definitely remember playing. I mean, I uh, I played. Let's see. well, I played in Ypsilanti, Michigan before, and that was. That was oh yeah. Yeah, that was scary. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's not a good
1: one. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you played in Detroit at the is it was it the shelter or is it
2: yeah shelter yeah that's a good venue
1: yeah st- still yeah it's like still does shows st. right yeah. yeah 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 right right um yeah St Andrews that night I remember had a wrestling show upstairs which was amazing
2: oh yeah yeah they had those old. T- <laughs> those are amazing
1: but i so distinctly remember where it was like you know uh all the bands that were on tour together parked at the lot across the street and then you know paid the homeless person twenty dollars uh to watch the popper smurf uh oh i have no clue about the name but like
2: one
1: one band didn't do it and they just parked in the street and like you know at three o'clock you know, they they got their van broken into or whatever.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I, it was probably Papa Smurf. He does that. He just watches everyone's stuff so it doesn't get stolen. He's like super cool.
1: That's that's yeah. <laughs>
2: he's been around since I was I was playing shows there when I was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. So
1: that's Papa Smurf. That's his uh that's yeah. His, that's his business, I guess.
2: Yeah. No, he's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's awesome.
1: Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, distinct memory, but, um, and so what was your family structure like growing up? Like mom and dad in the house, brothers and sisters, where, where was that? Yeah.
2: Like? Uh, my parents and I have an older brother. He's four years older than me. Um, oh, got it. Yeah. And my parents are still together. Still growing. <laughs>
1: uh, and what was the, um, I guess, you know, what kind of sort of kid did you find yourself being as you were, you know, growing up a little and, you know, starting to get, you know, somewhat of an identity, whether it's like in junior high or high school and stuff like that? Um, You know, did you, were you a sports person? Were you like, uh, you know, I'm super into math and what kind of person were you?
2: Oh, I did a lot of everything. I was super into sports. I played soccer my whole life and basketball and and into skateboarding, like aggressive skating, music. I pretty much did anything my brother did. Like but, he started doing something I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. So <laughs> that's how I got into music because he started playing music. God. So I just like wanted to do it too.
1: <laughs> so he was a, he basically was the, the, the trailblazer and you just kind of followed along. Like not in a yeah. bad way, just in a, like, oh, we right, doing yeah. cool stuff.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I guess, like, because of that, did you guys have kind of, you know, because I I can, I don't have any siblings, but I know the whole Mm -hmm. younger sibling tagging along and always doing the same stuff, like, you know, can be annoying or it can go the other way. Mm -hmm. Like, did he kind of embrace it or was he like, oh, dude, Trish, stop following me around.
2: (laughs) It was kind of like that. Okay. (laughs) And it's funny because I was talking about this the other day. So he, I work at a cafe and he runs, he's the GM. So he's like my boss now, but he hired like all of his friends that he grew up with who like always like gave me shit growing up and like would pick on me you know but now I work with all of them now they're all like really good friends of mine so it's like opposite now right because now we're like you know like I'm older and it's not the same but because I was like you remember when you used to pick on me when I was a kid like throw me down the stairs and stuff and they're like oh my god I'm so sorry (laughs) you know but but now my is like my best friend. We hang out all the time, and, you know.
1: Right, right. <laughs>
2: yeah. But growing up, yeah, I was definitely like the little sister, like just tagging along.
1: Right, right. Just
2: when like- they wanted to do, like when they're in high school, they wanted to go like party and stuff. They didn't want their little sister around, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, <laughs> but then you. Probably but, for my own good. Sure. But then I'm sure at the same time, you were kind of always like, why can't I go to that party? Why can't yeah. I do that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had. My garage was like a hangout set, like place, like when they would play music and like skate and stuff. And I wasn't allowed in there when they were in there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Got but, it.
1: You were ba- you were banned yeah. from the uh the mm-hmm. the cool person room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what um and so w- what did your parents do you like for a living as you were um you know, you were growing up? Uh,
2: my mom was a secretary at a law firm for like forever. And then my dad has always been like self employed. He had a he has a woodworking business. Um so like he would always be around the house, but we would have babysitters when he was working, like in the garage. And yeah, he's still doing that. My mom's retired now. Got it. Um, and I did the business with him in like high school, so I was like cutting wood and sanding and stuff.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so, and would you kind of, uh, I guess, characterize your your upbringing as, um, you know, like relatively, like you know, conflict free? Like, you know, it seemed like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I had was... a
2: really good, really good childhood. That's, That's cool. Lucky for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially too. Cause you know, they, you often see, uh, you know, in whatever lower socioeconomic areas, areas in distress, like there's always those stories of, you know, families getting, uh, fractured apart because, you know, there's no work and like, you know, right, yeah. but that's cool that you guys were sort of insulated from that.
2: Yeah. Cause the good thing about my parents. Like we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but they never made it like known to us, you know, like they always like made it work somehow. Like they would try to get us like go to Florida and like stuff to like get us out and like not because our town is so like close knit and there's not that many people and like everyone knows each other. So they always like put it in our heads. There's a bigger world out there than Clawson because everyone gets stuck here. Everyone is like is born and dies here. You know, (laughs) no one leaves. So they like instilled that into my, me and my brother's head, like you can leave. You know, yeah. <laughs> You're not stuck here forever.
1: That's that's interesting because that, that actually yeah. reminds me of a. Uh, I'm sure you know the comedian or actor uh, Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. He he had a joke in one of his uh, stand up routines where it was like he was talking about his upbringing in a you know small DC suburb town that. He was, you know, the same idea as what you're talking about that your parents instilled in you where it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. see the world. You know, it's larger than just this town. And he's like, yeah. But then I had some people who were just like, dude, I can work at the gas station and get free gas for right. life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, There's I guess definitely so. people in high school that I went to have that same mindset, which is fine. Like, but I just know that's not for me. <laughs> like, right. I don't want to be here forever, you know.
1: I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know that sounds absolutely crazy, but it's true. And you can do it with a new free app called Podcoin. It literally pays you to listen to podcasts. So here's how it works you listen to podcasts and earn Podcoin while you listen. Then you turn that Podcoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks, or you can donate to charity, which is awesome. The more you listen, the more you earn. Download the PodCoin app right now on iPhone or Android and use our code WORDS, W-O-R-D-S, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. I've tried this out. I can't believe it, but it works. It's very cool. I got a, a free coffee at Starbucks. It's great. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks, like I mentioned, or an Amazon gift card on PodCoin. So listen to this podcast or virtually any other podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code WORDS to start earning today. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts because they buy you coffee. Okay, try it out. I love it. PodCoin. Thanks. Now on with the show like you mentioned you started like why did you start playing or getting interested in music at like a really early age was that fostered by your parents or was that simply because your brother was into it how did that transpire
2: well my dad always had like he kind of plays guitar you know some chords whatever but he would play randomly and so there was always like been guitars around but i never really like was interested in it and then i joined band in high school or not high school, uh, elementary school. And I think that, like, started getting my music. Like, okay, this is cool, you know. Um, and then my brother borrowed one of my aunt's guitars, like, electric guitar. And he started, like, playing that. And, was, and then I really wanted to see it because he was doing it. But I, I'm left-handed, so... It was super hard for me because um, he had a right-handed guitar.
1: Sure, yeah. You, you did so, have the right, didn't have the right instrument. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And then my parents, for Christmas one year, got me a Dean, like Les Paul, but it was right-handed. So I still couldn't play it. <laughs> and I just got like super frustrated and like just didn't want to do it. And then I didn't touch it for like a year or so. And then I picked it back up and I was like, okay, I'm going to learn it. And I learned it right-handed.
1: Interesting. So, interesting. So you just you yeah. made it work with what you had.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just kept like wanting to do it. So I'm like, okay, I should just do it, you know?
1: Right. Well, it sounds like you're pretty, uh, I guess driven. You, it seems like you're, yeah. you're a driven person. You're goal oriented mm-hmm. as they say.
2: Yeah. I'm very I'm like
1: that. <laughs> you're uh, what do they call that A type A personality? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it, has that been uh i guess a uh, beneficial for you or are there times where you wish you could turn that off
2: um yeah sometimes i wish i could just like let go of things and just like <laughs> let it happen you know mm-hmm. but
1: yeah no, no, yeah yeah easier, easier said <laughs> than done i guess right yeah <laughs> um And so, uh, I've seen you mention, you know, a couple of other places where, you know, like and actually you were mentioning earlier when you first started to, um, play, Uh, you know in bands and you were you know basically just you know mimicking all of the bands that you clearly were into or influenced by Mm -hmm. um so it sounds like the sort of punk hardcore genre was basically how you kind of started off especially you know with norma Jean and as They lay dying um yeah i mean both of those bands you mentioned are obviously christian like did that play a part of it as well where it was kind of like you know did you your family go to church and stuff like that and so that that stuff got intro to you first or was that just like pure happenstance
2: It just happened. I honestly probably didn't even know they were Christian until I was older. (laughs) Like, I did not grow up religious at all. Got it. I've probably been to church like three or four times in my life. But now it's with like friends and their families. Sure. (laughs) my parents are, they're not like religious or I don't even know what they believe in. But (laughs) they just kind of like, if you want to do it, you you can do it. I'm not going to force you to go to church. But if you want to, go ahead, you know. They
1: right. left it like kind of open for us. Got it. So. And the only reason I asked that is because it is, uh, I mean, w- getting into that music at a young age, usually that happens. Like, you know, you're going to youth group or whatever and then like, right, the cool right, youth group right. leaders like, Hey, check this out. You're like, Whoa, Holy moly, look right. at this aggressive music. But yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. so how, I guess how did, you know, punk and hardcore get introduced to you?
2: My brother. yeah he's he's
1: he's at fault for all of you
2: yeah he really is (laughs) okay and like i mean my friends like were into that and they would show me bands but my brother definitely got me into that kind of like thursday and thrice and stuff definitely thrice he got me into and even like blink 182 like that kind of stuff
1: got it and then you, you just immediately uh i guess what attracted you to it
2: That's a good question. I don't really know. (laughs) Got it. I think I just wanted to like it, to like it, but then I actually did. (laughs) Sure. You know,
1: and did you, I guess, did you, in in that's in that same respect was like your brother was like the arbiter of cool. Like, it sounds like Mm -hmm. you just basically like completely looked up to him and like whatever he did was, was cool. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, you're like, I may not like this thing, but because he's doing it, I obviously have to do it. Right. Okay.
2: Yep. That's it. how I grew up. <laughs> got
1: it. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and so then when did you start to experience like, you know, going to shows and stuff like that? Did you go like, you know, did your brother take you to your first sort of, you know, shows like on, on an independent level, not on like the, you know, concert level, so to speak. <laughs>
2: um, well, we had a really good like local scene in Clawson cause we had this, uh, it's called teen center and we would all go there like after school. It was kind of like an after school hangout place. And, um, it, like music was super heavy around there like that's like everyone played music or they were super into music that worked there so they definitely had influence on us for that but and they were all in bands or whatever so we would have shows randomly so those were kind of like my first shows like Weekend was Romans used to play there a lot and like Icy Stars like it was kind of like that kind of shows right so those those were like my kind of like first experience like shows but it would be like the same five bands playing every show you know like every time so I didn't really get to branch out a little bit but
1: got it got it yeah and um Did you, um, I guess you, did you like going to, I mean, obviously you kept going to shows, so of course you like going to shows, but, um, again, kind of, you know, would you be able to identify like what it was that you like actually liked about going to those shows?
2: I think with those shows, at least like all my friends were there. So it was just like everyone just hanging out and listening to music and there was a lot of like community to it, which I liked
1: nice nice yeah Yeah. you start yeah you start to recognize some people it's like oh yeah there's that that person Mm -hmm. at the show yeah um and so the like you kind of mentioned before guitar was kind of like always the thing that you were you know uh, fiddling with and stuff like that but then you Mm -hmm. you mentioned you played bass in a lot of the bands and stuff like that um so was that just basically was bass because everyone has already playing guitar in the bands and so they just needed yeah okay yeah Mm -hmm. just like
2: everybody else Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) I know. I always wanted to play guitar in a band and I was like, all right, I'll guess I'll play bass. I love playing bass though. Like live, especially like it's just fun. You get to just have a good time. You don't really have to concentrate that much, you know? Sure. But like now I've like, I couldn't even imagine playing bass in a band. It's just like weird to me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It just just does not make sense to you, even though you did it for like 10 plus years. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, and so I guess with the, I mean, you know, clearly you've, you've done some touring with the, the end of the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. Did you do touring at all in any of your previous incarnations? Um, you know, that, that kind of got you a taste of the,
2: the road. Yeah, actually that's how I met uh, at the end of the ocean. I was touring with my first band and it was with the end of the ocean. It was like right after I graduated high school it was like two weeks or something and we're all like piled in a band together. So like, I really got to know them. I'm like, these are awesome people, blah, blah. blah. And then their guitar player left. So they hit me up and we're like, you want to play a guitar? And I was like, hell yes. I don't know how I'm going to get to Columbus all the time, but I'll do it. (laughs) You know? Sure. So that's how I met them. And I would have to take the Greyhound down for like years. I did that. My parents wouldn't let me drive so yeah that was like really my only touring experience before this band
1: got it and and you you really always want like you know as you were were starting to be able to you know like have access to like playing a band like once you started to do that there was no other uh, i guess path you wanted to take
2: no like i got offers to do like like scholarships for basketball and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'm good. Like I want to play music. Yeah. Like, there you, was no other, like no thing. other way. Yeah.
1: Did you care about school? Like, did you, you know, get,
2: get... yeah, I did pretty well in school. Um, I didn't care too much about college. My, I got my two year degree, but that was just kind of to make my parents happy. <laughs> Like I just went to community school. I did it online. It took me like five years to get an associates, but I did it.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. That's uh
2: but I never saw myself like going away to college or like getting a job in an office or, you know, I knew I did not want that and I would do anything to not make that happen.
1: <laughs> got it. Got it. And yeah. so, I mean, it, it sounds like since you're getting, you know, what are scholarship opportunities and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, there probably was a uh, level of uh, confusion probably from your, your parents. Like how did that relationship uh, you know, uh, I guess get strained because they were probably seeing like, yeah, it's cute. You want to play in bands, but like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, how did that transpire?
2: It like, right. As I graduated high school, it was kind of difficult to like get them to understand, but they're always like, you can do it if you have like a backup plan kind of thing. And my backup plan has always been like running my dad's business or whatever. Like that, I just told them that, I'm like, okay, that's my backup plan, you know. So I'll go to school for business, and you can, you know, whatever. But they've always been very, very supportive of music and like me doing what I love because my my mom never like gives me advice. You know, she's very like reserved person, but I vividly remember her telling like don't get stuck. Like, don't get stuck in something you hate, you know, because you will hate your life. And I think that's what, like, what she did. She got stuck in a job that she hated, and she never wanted to see me do that. So, got it. Got it. and my dad's, like, he's from England, so he, you know, like, he's taking chances, and he's risked, like, he's been self-employed most of his life, and, you know, he didn't have a really good like childhood and you know and he's traveled the world and like seen a bunch of stuff and i think he wanted that for me like that experience of like seeing the world and you know being happy you know a lot of parents were like you need to do this and this and this but they don't realize that that's not going to make their kid happy you know right so my parents are very like you know do what you love
0: in a world where everyone is confined to their homes society begins its largest bin watch to date Join us for Fake Doctors Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.
2: But also be smart about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you're 40 and not making money playing music then, you know, you probably give it up. But Yeah. You know.
1: They're practical about it.
2: But yeah. 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 But still very supportive.
1: So. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, de- yeah I definitely I definitely think sort of generationally speaking, I think that what I, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old and uh, you a know, mm-hmm. seven year old child, but like my mom was very much the same way as what you're describing. And I do think that right. like our generation or my, my generation and below were kind of the first people to really be able to, I guess, think in those terms, even though mm-hmm. our parents would have yeah. no clue what it is that we're talking about playing shows right. and stuff like, yeah, I mean, of course the idea of like You know, doing this like playing in a band for a living like that doesn't make any sense. Like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's not
2: like it does not at all. No,
1: (laughs) and it's not like there's you know like when you say that, most people think like, oh yeah, you must mean like, oh, so you can be played in the radio. It's like, well, no, not no, not at all. Like, but right, um, but yeah, but it is interesting to see that that sentiment kind of played over because I think that's why. You know, frankly, I think that's why independent music is, uh, I guess, as big as it is um, now versus, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Of course, there's a, a million different circumstances and reasons why that is. But I definitely a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, parents just let their kids like, yeah, take those risks, you know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um something I find really, really interesting, uh, as well in regards to, uh, you know, the band was the fact that, you know, you guys, you know, you're grinding out on your own for, you know, a long time as far as like, you know, touring out playing in front of, you know, negative four people and like just, you know, like doing the things that most bands do, but you know, you have the added layer of difficulty in which you are trying to create an atmosphere in, you know, a VFW hall that, you know, it's just impossible to, to do that. Um, but then, you know, the, uh, when you when one of your songs got playlisted, and all of a sudden you're just like, "Wow, we just you know received a you know fifteen thousand dollar check because of this song getting played you know millions of times on this playlist." And like, mm-hmm. what do we have to do with that? Um, it's you know like walk me through how how that. I mean, I know how it happened. It just happened randomly. It's not like you guys were actively pursuing right. it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, walk me through that realization. Like, was it one of those things where all of a sudden like you know, one of your bandmates, like got this, this streaming, you know, uh, revenue and then like looked at the statement and was like, Oh my gosh, like, Hey guys, this, this happened." <laughs> like, I, I just, I find it so interesting.
2: I think it was, yeah, it was one of our bandmates and I think he like was on our Spotify and he was like, wow. Cause I never checked it. I was like, uh, it probably does not place anyway. So, <laughs> but he checked it and I was like, a couple hundred thousand. And he was like, "What is going on?" And like every day, it was just going up. And we're like, "What is happening?" And then we realized it was on a playlist. It's like a couple million followers. We're like, "Wow!"
1: What was the name of like, the playlist? Damn. What was the name of the playlist?
2: Um, I think that one was Deep Focus.
1: Dude, it's so funny because yep. like that—that's exactly what happened to. I was mentioning that you know lowercase noises and Andy Othling. Exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. Where all of a sudden it yeah. was just like. Or actually, that that playlist wasn't that, but it was. I think his was like study, and I'm just like, yeah, that's insane. That all of a sudden, mm-hmm. all of these like post rock bands just started seeing you know two three thousand dollar checks, right? It's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so you were checking the the and then figured it out that it was on a playlist.
2: hmm Yeah. And so we like, we're like, because I think that was a weird time for us too, of like, what are we doing, kind of thing. <laughs> Like, talking amongst ourselves, like, should we still do this? Should we not, you know? And then that started happening. And we're like, okay, let's hit Europe. So, we went to Europe, and that tour kind of was not good. <laughs> um, it was an experience, you know, but... Sure. And then after that, that's kind of when we stopped playing. So, I mean, the... Plays kept coming, you know, but we kind of, like, took a hiatus. A couple members, like, moved out of state for a couple years. And we were, I was finishing school, and, like, all this stuff was happening. And then I forgot what brought us all together. I think it was another tour or something, or, like, a show. And then we just, like, started playing. And it was really weird. But, yeah, yeah I don't think... I think Spotify kind of saved us and, you know, like that song.
1: It brought the idea back into focus. Yeah. Like, oh, Hey, like not, not even so much, maybe from a uh, financial perspective that right. like, Oh, we're going to like get playlisted for the rest of our lives or whatever, but just like, right. Oh, Hey, this is that, that was fun to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it definitely helped like, yeah, not like paying out of pocket all the time for every little thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You had a band fund for once.
2: Right. Yeah. And it was super, nice. It was super weird and nice, yeah. <laughs> but
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, you've spoken publicly about you, your depression in relation to, you know, being in the band and just, you know, I mean, life in general, like that happens. Yeah. Um, can you, I mean, now that you have, uh, you know, looked at it and examined it and I'm sure, you know, gone to therapy and done some steps into, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, attempting to address it. Is there anything, I guess, like particular you can kind of pinpoint it to from that perspective or was it just kind of this, this mixture of a lot of different things going on?
2: I think it was a lot of different things. That's like the problem with like how I feel. It's just like, I don't know Mm -hmm. like, you know, what the, exact thing is happening you know and i think i mean honestly a lot of it was like my sexuality like and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like growing up and like not understanding it so i think that was probably like the main cause but it was a lot of other things sure sure but
1: you know yeah and
2: then some days i'm like i'm sad i don't know why you know (laughs) like you just (laughs) don't know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. No, that was that was. I, I was gonna you know speak to you about your sexuality because uh, you know it, it is interesting when you, um, you you live as this different role for most of your life because mm-hmm. you're just like I don't know how to like address yeah. this. I don't know how to speak about this. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so like uh, you know, I, I guess walk me through. You, you don't have, like not in painstaking detail, but just like you know, right. as you were like kind of realizing it, and then you know how you were able to um, you know, kind of address the people you love and be like, well, I am this way. I just didn't really know how to you know (laughs) address this with you or kind of you know come out all that sort of stuff
2: um well i've always like knew i just didn't like understand it like i knew i was different but i didn't know why or Mm -hmm. how like especially like middle school and high school like i knew i was different than other people like even like mentally just like i didn't think the same way too and but it was like Right when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, there's definitely something like wrong, not wrong with me, but like, you know, not,
1: not like everybody else's experience.
2: Right. Yeah. And I, I was like a late, late coming out like person. Sure. (laughs) I came out when I was maybe 21.
1: Okay. How do you had relationships prior to that? Like, you know, did you were you like, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this thing out. No. So you know, you, okay.
2: No, I was actually well, I was in a relationship when I came out. Got it. At least to my parents, like sure. I came out then. Well my mom asked me, she like, Are you dating her? I'm like, Yeah She's like, Okay. <laughs> like, just, you know, like my parents did not give they did not care at all. Yeah. Just, they were more concerned about like my safety. Like, in public, you know? Sure. like, people... how people treat me, but they mm. don't care, you know?
1: Yeah. No, that's And cool. I think
2: that was what I was scared of, was, like, my parents hating me. Even though I knew they wouldn't. But it was just, like, <laughs> yeah. Got it. But Got it wasn't, like, a bad experience for me. I'm very grateful for that. Like, I didn't lose anyone in my life. You know, like, all my friends were, like, yeah, we kind of knew. So I was, like, okay, great.
1: <laughs> right, right,
2: yeah. No, that's but cool. it is, like, weird, like... Cause I feel like, like what you said earlier, like, I feel like I didn't start like living my life until I was like 21. Sure. You know, cause I was a different person, like trying to be a different person and like faking, you know, and so I'm still like trying to like learn like myself and figuring sure. it out.
1: But, learn how to be you. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cause you're, you're a, you're a shielded version of yourself for so long and yeah. then you mm-hmm. kind of have to get used to what it's like being away from that shield.
2: Right. Especially in like relationships too. Like everyone had their like high school, like relationship, you know? And like, I never had that. Like I had a fake one, you know, like I didn't care, right. <laughs> you know,
1: it was window and, window dressing.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So like learning that like later on in life, is was weird and hard.
1: Sure. And I'm sure too, with the, the fact that, you know, like we were talking about with the touring lifestyle and, you know, getting out there in the road like that, Mm -hmm. um, touring is a very isolating activity. Like even though you're with people all day, Mm -hmm. every day, you are very isolated. Uh, Like, do you feel like that? Um, I guess that kind of contributed to the, you know, uh, the whatever depression, did that contribute to your, uh, you know, I guess, <laughs> uh, un- unwillingness to kind of like, you know, take away that shield. Like, do, do you think that kind of played itself into it too?
2: I think so. Like, especially when I was younger, the road, like definitely got to my head, like, especially like we were playing shitty shows, you know, like, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, it was just so mentally draining. And I think that contribute to a lot of like, my issues, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm like, okay, this is worth it. You know, it'll be worth it. And but yeah, yeah, it's definitely mentally awful.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> but, absolutely well i mean when you (laughs) touring is uh difficult and sometimes awful even under quote unquote normal circumstances you know
2: right where it's like
1: you're you're just you know like oh i have to try to maintain relationships at home and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just even with my family and friends and so yeah i Mm -hmm. completely understand um (coughs) excuse me uh so i i guess kind of you know now that you have uh you know a more i guess you know settled idea of who you are and you know Mm -hmm. has that changed your relationship i I guess with like touring and you know being creative and playing in the band and stuff like that or um or has it has it not at all
2: i think it has um i think because i feel more comfortable especially like with my bandmates and stuff and like um like the last tour we did was probably it was the best tour i've ever done like it was just so much fun and I don't know. It was just like a different experience for me because we haven't toured in like years. So like I've grown as a person and, you know, if I had better relationships and like there wasn't one day where I was like, I want to go home, you know, That's like I was to see my friends and stuff. But it wasn't like I want to go home. Well, like I'm sick of this, you know. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah. It was just like every day, like I was excited to play and excited to meet people. And like I was in a better like headspace than I've ever been on tour
1: that's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you feel cause you're, you're comfortable in your own skin. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can make other people feel comfortable and vice versa. Right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of what we were joking about earlier uh, with the idea that, you know, you were, uh, having to create an atmosphere is, um, you know, you can achieve it musically like you obviously do. Um, but you know, most bands that exist in this, uh, genre definitely, uh, focus on a lot of, you know, whether it's lighting, whether it's, you know, a a more Mm -hmm. controlled environment to create the mood that you were trying to create. Um, how, how is it you guys kind of try to tackle that? Or do you just basically roll with the punches based on the fact that it's like, Oh yeah, I guess we got a a banner and some can lights. And so we'll do whatever we can with that. Um, or is that something you guys definitely try to put uh, a focus on?
2: Um, well not until recently, like the last tour we did, we had like a banner and we had lights, but we've never done that before very just like get on stage and play like that's always been our thing um but we're like trying to come up with like different ideas and stuff and like clips in between songs and you know like trying to be like i guess more professional i guess but i don't know we've always been just like we call ourselves like the punk rock kids of post-rock you know we just don't i wouldn't say care but like you know that's not the most important thing to us. Sure. Like the most important thing is just like putting on a good show. Like if that means having cool lights, cool. But if not, like we can play without them.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You're trying you were, um, you want to create most of the atmosphere through your live stage presence and be like, yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. That's
2: yeah. Like you get the energy off of us and like we get it off their audience too. Like if the crowd is like stale or whatever, like, we're going to be like still, you know, we very like feed off of the audience too.
1: Sure. Sure. No, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to hit on was the, um, you know, the idea of existing as a band, uh, where, you know, you guys, you know, you tour, you put out music when you can, and then, you know, working with equal vision and stuff like that, there are, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not like Dan Sanchez, some like, you know, uh, uh, evil Svengali where he's trying to like, you know, force you to two or 300 days out of the year or anything like that. But you right. know, there, but there comes a point where, you know, the business aspects, uh, obviously have to be considered with, uh, all the moves that mm-hmm. you make and the, you know, the partnerships you create and stuff like that. Do you, I guess, like the business of the band? Do you like, you know, being able to sort of handle that stuff or, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm just making wild uh, assumptions that you help handle some of the business, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like, how how does it, I guess, how does the business aspect of uh, your creative endeavors uh, impact what it is that you guys do?
2: Um, I love it. I love, like, seeing behind the scenes stuff. Because, like, before it was all us doing stuff. But now we have a whole team. So it's, like, it's awesome. Like, I don't know. I just love it. I love seeing, like, the ideas people come up with and, like, plans. And it's just, I don't know. It's, like, a different... Way I don't know. It's just weird to explain, <laughs> but it's just because I I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a creative person. I'm more of like numbers person. Oh sure. Like I love math. I love like that kind of stuff, and that's just how I've always kind of been. So like being involved now in in that is like cool as hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's cool because it it opens up a side of the um you know the music industry that if you don't get exposed to it um right you, ne- you sometimes never even know exists or so it's like oh wait like uh, we have a, a, a choice in this like the, we, right we can choose between one of two options or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah no that's yeah that, that's exciting
2: yeah it's super nice to work with equal vision too like they're amazing people they are yeah yeah they're definitely. so nice
1: Definitely good people. I mean, it's like, there are very few labels that, uh, you know, would exist in a world in which they can, you know, invest in a band that sounds like you guys. And then, you know, right. put out other records from bands that sound nothing like you. And, you know, it's just, right. a, it's a good space.
2: Yeah. Cause I grew up listening to like all their bands and I'm like, I wish I could be on this label, but they would never ever sign a postdoc band. <laughs> And then they did. And I was like, damn, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, well, it worked out. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Trish, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been uh, yeah, fun. No I appreciate your, uh, your
2: time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem.
1: Par. fun discussion, right? I, I could tell Trish was a little, a uh, little nervous and, uh, not maybe, Ready to discuss for an hour about her life, but uh, it was a fun, fun chat nonetheless. Thank you very much, Alec, her publicist, and thank you very much to uh, Lisa at Equal Vision Records. They uh, are always so kind and helping out the show as far as giving guests and getting people on here. So I appreciate that. So, what do we got next week? This is a huge one because I actually chased him down for, I don't know, a better part of a year. Um, I, I know him and we're whatever I'd say like loose friends if you want to call it that uh, Tim Singer from Dead Guy and Kiss a Goodbye and he's probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time like easily top five uh, I actually drafted him for my fantasy band draft which we actually share a story about uh, in the interview but uh, Tim Singer is a huge figure in my life as far as just channeling anger like There's no dude that I hear that is more pissed off than him when it comes to screaming, you know, it's so good. But I was able to track him down and we had a really, really fun chat. So that's what we got next week. And don't forget, visit musician.com where you can download, actually download the app, okay? That's the best way to do it. You can get 20% off whatever plan you are diving into in regards to uh, just learning how to play instruments, bass, guitar, ukulele, whatever it is you are interested in, they got piano as well. And use the code WORDS for 20% off, okay? Please, musician, download the app now. It's great. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you, okay? So please, until next week, be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh. I'm Bob Roth, host of the new podcast, Stay Calm. Meditation changed my life in college, and I've spent the last 50 years teaching people about the benefits of meditation, from celebrity clients to students in inner-city schools. And now I'm sharing a lot of what I know straight to your ears in my new podcast. Join me every Monday through Friday morning. All you need is a few minutes and an open mind. Listen and subscribe to Stay Calm on the iHeartRadio
0: app, Apple Podcasts,